0: Hello and welcome to the Meaning Fools Podcast. This is a show where we take a closer look at our lives and analyze how we communicate with the people around us. My name's Kahe.
1: And I'm Peter Cornelius Ford.
0: And we are both musicians who are fascinated by how our lives and interpersonal connections influence the music and art that we create. So settle in with a nice cup of coffee. Or
1: a nice cup of tea.
0: And enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Meaningfuls. Hi everyone. Um, Peter, would you like to introduce our topic for the day?
1: Yeah, let's. Um, so today we're going to be talking about defensiveness. Uh, Ooh. So, yeah, big topic. Um, one that I know precious little about, and uh, I won't take anyone insinuating that I <laughs> am defensive or that. Um, what are you laughing at?
0: what am I laughing at? no, don't um uh well why why are you criticizing my why you, reaction?
1: <laughs> why are you asking me so many questions um, so, um, so yeah, it's um okay that's all right um let's let's actually get to it eh um, yeah, that's,
0: uh, for anyone listening, that was in fact a bit that we yeah. carefully carefully planned out and <laughs>
1: We thought we would demonstrate why this is not under the comedy section. (laughs) (laughs) So if you tuned in for that, find something else.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, As you texted me earlier, definitely an emphasis on the fools part of the meaning fools.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, um, because we were just having a little preamble discussion uh, to this effect. And I kind of want to go over this before we dive into um, mm-hmm. defensiveness itself. Um, because w- there's a thing that you could do with a podcast like this, which is the posturing. Um, and some people don't need to. Some people are just experts in like the arts and, you know, psychology mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, an- anything that we might kind of touch on here. And I think that the cool thing about the the name Meaningfuls is that it's it's very much um, like signifying up front that... W- I, I, thought, I can speak for myself. I'm not claiming to be an expert or even have mm-hmm. a little bit of knowledge an about any of this. If we read a poem, I don't claim to know diddly squat about poems. <laughs> um, and the point for me about this whole exercise is like, because anyone can do this. It's like, how can we reach for meaning and you know have a deeper conversation? Um, and it's so yeah, it's an exercise in that rather than um, pretending that I know anything about the subject mm-hmm. at all.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I'm certainly no one's professor uh yeah that's the disclaimer and I I think that that's kind of you know that will put us on the right footing for For sure today
0: yeah because I mean there's this idea of like how do we be creative and curious about ourselves and the world and when you're when you're just like you said seeking meaning you don't have to be an expert in everything and just to have the creativity to explore certain subjects. Um, I think it's really important that we feel the space to be creative and and curious in our lives and and to just have open conversations with people.
1: Yeah, the open conversations part is a big part of it because, well... It's it's kind of like well I want to know where I stand in a conversation like this because mm-hmm. I find myself you know I, I follow various professors online and I, I've spouted mm-hmm. out some of the things that they've said here because I find them interesting but it's like I certainly don't want to posture as though like I'm that guy that knows this it's it's, it's, a, it's a bad move and it's like I, so I very much want to know where I stand when I'm approaching these mm-hmm. topics which is like as a layperson who's seeking meaning with with a friend I suppose so yeah um, that's where we're at so let's get defensive uh, I think. Um, <laughs> right um actually <laughs> yeah. this laugh thing uh, right it's kind uh-huh. of cool because when you know we're not usually so jovial like we're 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 really two sour as far as i can <laughs> see Right, the wallow in <laughs> and the, the deep and meaningful yes and, uh, yes oh, this we thing are. to do with death right mm-hmm. right but this um this laugh this i it's cool but i always feel like it's um it's a defensive thing in itself you know like mm,
0: um is it you know? yeah
1: I, I think it could be don't uh, mm-hmm. maybe you'd say no um, do do you see what I mean? Uh, like, I know that um, when I'm deeply uncomfortable, for instance, uh, like when it, someone's death has been announced to me, I have. Oh, God, it's a shameful thing. But like I have felt so deeply uncomfortable, like that spasm of not knowing what to do and mm-hmm. feeling this like uh, like uh, dark, mirthful giggle um, that you have mm-hmm. to suppress because it's just like the. You know it's such a heavy subject that it's one of the stages of grief or denial or something. I don't know mm-hmm. um do you see what I mean sometimes yeah. laughter is a is the double side of it?
0: yeah, I feel like sometimes it, like there's this idea of like nervous laughter right of um just not wanting to cause any rift or 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 just not yeah. Yeah, not wanting to cause any rift or um, tension because of your feelings on a subject, and and so sometimes like that laughter is a is a thing we do a lot just to placate a conversation and placate other people. I'm definitely mm. definitely the worst at this. Like, if someone says something that like kind of offends me, I will laugh it off more often times than not, and probably more often times that I should. But um, you did not say anything to Femi and I was not being defensive there. But it is a good example of like sometimes we can use laughter as a defense mechanism from being very transparent about our thoughts or feelings on things, Um, which I don't always think is a bad thing
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: because there are situations where you don't need to be transparent. You don't need to have like not everyone is deserving of your energy or is in the space to receive your um your true thoughts and opinions. Mm-hmm. And um I think sometimes as well, for me at least, um I, I'm very aware that some of my feelings, annoyances, or, or anything really can shift very quickly. And so I'm very aware of like, let me put up this wall between mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. and this person while I'm sorting myself out. And then if it's a big enough deal, I'll come back to it, you know?
1: Yes. Okay. Um, this is actually really um, on point to the topic, I think,
0: mm-hmm. okay,
1: in in an in, uh, inadvertent way. Okay. Because I'm seeing like, uh, again, I always say this, but like I'm seeing a few different things at play. Um, which is the language that we're using right of course we're talking mm. about defensiveness and this is a form of defending but we're also talking about humor and our uh, offensiveness is this an offensive mm-hmm. joke am i offending you right which is an attacking word um, mm-hmm. a- and then the, also this superficial layer that you're talking about in uh, a social setting which is i'm not going to reveal my deepest self to Ex person right now mm-hmm. this is just a small talk situation in a in a you know uh, like a, a social situation with a party or a, a uni or whatever and
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: i'll be out there so i need to, that superficial layer. um mm-hmm. i need the correct level and so what do i do in those situations i humor you
0: right yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> it's the same thing you do with someone that you don't think is worthy of revealing your deepest self to mm-hmm. i'll just humor this person for a while um and so i think that this whole like mitigating um our social kind of level of um like disclosure and intimacy to the people like there are different layers of this Mm -hmm. and using humor um very much is something to do with having a shield um to guard yourself and so it really is all about some kind of defensiveness and and you're right it's got a positive aspect Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well look, I mean that's part of a, a larger metaphor which maybe I should just put on the table here so we can we can look at it closer, which is when we talk about um defensiveness, you know, I was I was looking at the top and saying, Well, what is that? What is that? And it's it's of course like um it's part of the metaphor of um an argument is war. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So um like the people that um like codified um metaphoric theory, um Lakoff and Johnson um so particularly um with these uh, conceptual metaphors you know they argue that we don't have a concept of argument without the um concept of it being a type of verbal war that if you don't have Mm -hmm. a position a position to defend or points of attack um you know if you're not going to stand your ground you're not having an argument Mm -hmm. and so i think Mm -hmm. it's very much in that rubicon of ideas um being defensive um so i think if we're going to talk about defensiveness we need to um view it as part of this
0: metaphor I suppose as part of a war and as yeah. part of a yeah I get obviously the name says it itself it, you're defending yourself and yeah. the the ways in which you do that are, are, are very interesting I'm wondering like because I, I feel like both you and I are people that we have a an appearance to the world of like joyful and, um, super open and, or at least I think we both try to present that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, cause obviously not the entire world gets to see our very defensive natures, but of course they come out. So for you, um, what are some of the things that like make you defensive or how do you like respond to your own defensiveness?
1: I, well, firstly, I could say because I'm gonna um, I'm gonna struggle to reach for the example, but I know that it's there. So I want to um, before there's that silence of like thinking, and then mm-hmm. you know that we have to go into post and kind of make it a listenable thing. <laughs> I will say that I absolutely, just like all of us, have a line and have places where I get defensive, mm-hmm. uh, and that my initial hesitance to answer, kind of I guess speaks to like how, un- how uncomfortable that sort of thing is, mm. but. <laughs> Okay, let's do this. Um, when I was a kid, um, and this is, this is going to look like a humble brag, but it's really not because it has a dark side. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I had two older sisters, and um, if my mother caught them, like, you know, doing something wrong, you, you know, uh, they, they taught me to say, to stand forward. I was the youngest, I was the baby. Uh, they taught me to walk forward and very guiltily say, I did it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was I was kind of getting sent to the hallway to sit and count for 10 seconds and I was or mm-hmm. well, whatever the you know whatever the chore be we didn't have a blackboard to write my name but the, you know that type of you know that I is, was considered to be a bit of a cheeky so-and-so for oh, a, a I while I love that I'm, <laughs> a I'm, the, confessionals.
0: I'm the youngest sibling as well so I understand that very <laughs> well but please continue
1: well the thing is is that like um I, w- I would also get very upset if other people would argue and i think it's because my well-being being small and coming from uh an amount of turbulence like there are people who've had a harder life than me i don't want to oversell it or you know start singing you the hard knock life by jay-z or something but there was an amount of turbulence and so i'd be very upset if people were arguing and so that would be when i would um that's when i would get upset and mm-hmm. so i think if I get defensive, it's usually if I think that I'm going to get the blame. And I've noticed this, like I've actually mm-hmm. spoke to counsellors about this. I, I've thought about this deeply. Um, if I think that I'm going to get the blame for someone else's being worse off, it's it's really a greedy thing. It's not to say, oh, I can't stand to see anybody get hurt. I mean, of course, we all feel that way. But if someone else is going to, um, you know, be wronged or, or suffer, mm-hmm. and then it's going to come back to me that it was because peter didn't sort everything out to be okay Mm -hmm. that's where my line is um so it's very much something to do with blame and other people's well-being but like i say it's not it doesn't make me the most awesome human being ever it's it's nice but it's it's not the most altruistic thing i suppose how about yourself
0: well i definitely feel that strongly what you say about the idea of like this letting people down and defending that, um, feeling that responsibility for people, for sure. But I I do want to ask you, like, a question about that. And also, I I know that Mm -hmm. this is getting into some territory that can be very personal. Mm -hmm. So if it gets too far into that, we can definitely maneuver the conversation away from it, you know. Um, but I'm wondering, like, with, um if you could elaborate a little bit more about kind of how that defensiveness is like, or um, do you get defensive to other people for having to explain your actions? Or is this defensiveness um, more of just this feeling of responsibility for other people?
1: I think, or the one I'd like to say, the, the second one probably sounds better, but I have a feeling, by the way, I just want to point out how cool it was. I noticed you must have seen this as well that when I got to the end of my oh this is my example I straight away pushed it away from <laughs> me like cuz the follow up questions were coming I guess so mm-hmm. you know uh, I guess some clever psychologist would have a lot to say about that um but let's well, let's go here
0: yeah well you do have the freedom <laughs> to maneuver the conversation away if it does get a little uh, bit too
1: we're okay i mean it's 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 fun to see where the where the line seems to be
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i think it's <laughs> It's very much, of the two examples, it's very much the um, I'll be really accountable. Like I'll tell you exactly, well, this is why I did this and this is mm. because, you know, so it's like I'm immediately I consider myself on trial and I need to be exalted. Um, gotcha. And, and yeah. to be honest, in a situation where, you know, some member of a, a group wasn't uh, in a, a well situation or, you know, someone did a wrong or, or whatever it is,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: person who needs to be accountable is really helping Maybe the least it doesn't i mean that particular aspect uh isn't what what's that doing for anybody apart from my own exhortation
0: say that one more time if well you may... let's
1: say that um you know we have scenario a and, and person b needed to be helped and or person c was in peril and and you felt the need uh, to explain your own actions in the situation to you know what you were doing to make mm-hmm. everything better right. You're explaining to everyone, I did this because of this and that. This is your own need to be exalted, right, mm-hmm. in scenario. Mm-hmm. And that isn't, it doesn't have a utility aside from your exaltation. It doesn't help at all. And that's probably the issue with defensiveness. It's like, mm. um, because when I perceive that we're having a battle, uh, a battle of words, um, that's the, if you're engaging on that level, you're definitely not doing Mm -hmm. anything productive, right?
0: I, I'm going to challenge this because I, I think it's really important to, um, like there are some circumstances where I think it's really important to explain your actions and explain your thought process going into something. So people can understand intent. Mm -hmm. Um, because, To any, like, if you hurt someone, sometimes, like, just explaining that your intent was not to hurt them and your intent was to do this or that, like, yes, but, and and, and acknowledging still that, like, it still hurt you and I'm still sorry for that. And I shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. This is why I did it, but I shouldn't have done it. Like, things like that. (laughs) I think sometimes explaining your actions and your intent helps people to process it. At least I know it does for me when people kind of explain to me their process. I get more empathy for them. Mm. But um, I, yeah, I I do, um, I don't know. I don't think explaining yourself is always defensive. I, I think that it's just trying to, explain the situation I feel like defensiveness gets or maybe it is defensiveness but I don't think it's necessarily problematic defensiveness because Mm. I think there is a very big difference in once you start attacking other people in defense of yourself yeah yeah, yeah. and shifting blame and shifting responsibility onto other people I think that's where it can get a lot more hurtful and that's where it, it's kind of pointless is the moment that you stop taking responsibility for your actions even if you're explaining why you did something if you don't take on that responsibility you're you're doing nothing to better a situation
1: um, yeah that's right well, what this this they say the best defense is a good offense and mm. it's right that is the difference it's the difference between Um, I need to be accountable so I'm going to explain myself
0: um, Mm -hmm.
1: versus um, well, actually no, it's I'm good and you're bad (laughs) right, (laughs) I I like this I have no idea who said it but there's this, um, it might have been a Rogerian thing, um, but there's this idea of like three types of relationships um, which is um, I'm okay, you're not okay, Hmm. I'm okay you're okay This is the second type of relationship. And then um, I'm not okay, you're okay, Mm -hmm. right? There's like three dynamics. I mean, this is (laughs) like, there are more than three. But like at this level, right? Mm -hmm. At this level of resolution, this is the way to divide it up. You know, you can can do this. And um, the only relationship that anyone ever wants to be in of any manner is I'm okay, you're okay. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you decide... Um, I'm being defensive here. I feel like I've been wrong, so I'm going to go on the offense. It's very much that I'm okay, you're not okay, thing, um, which is is it what well, it's it's a pity uh-huh. when it happens. Um, hey, I'm being a, a bit of a me monster in this here podcast. Uh, I, I feel like I've heard <laughs> my own voice a good amount, um, and, and, and yeah. I'm, we're being open. But let's let's delve into your. Um, your experiences of defensiveness, Mm. if you, if you care to, um, can you think of a time?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to give the most authentic answer. Um, yeah, I had, um, like recently I had an experience where I, I did hurt a friend with things that I said and I was really upset that she was mad and you know, it's, and I kind of lost my temper a bit and kind of, and I mean, I'm never someone to yell. I'm just not that kind of, I don't know if I've like, I don't know. I haven't yelled in a long time since (laughs) I was a kid and mostly because I found that it didn't work. It's not because Mm -hmm. I don't have anger because as, Peter can attest. I can definitely get angry at people and uh, it just comes in a different package. A lot of times it's more calculated and cold than it is and like very quiet than it is very loud. Um, But I definitely started, I started over explaining my actions thinking that would absolve me of, Mm -hmm. you know, of any responsibility or blame And when I, we stepped back from the conversation and I took some time to think of it, I was like, oh no, like just because I didn't intend to do something hurtful doesn't mean I still didn't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that I was in the wrong and I need to own that. And just because I didn't intend to be wrong doesn't mean I wasn't wrong, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I definitely do have a bit of a, a prideful, like righteous anger that comes for me a lot of times. Um, but I, I think this whole, I think something that's fascinating me about defensiveness in general right now is that it can be a good thing. And like, I I think specifically about times that I've been the victim of some sort of like bad situation. And even that terminology victim, right? It's it's a very like righteous anger mentality, but like situations that I've been wronged and someone Mm. won't take responsibility for it. And I have to call someone out and I have to defend myself. You know, I, I feel like those times can actually be really important to be able to stand strong for yourself because I don't think defensiveness is always bad. I think there are some times where you kind of need to be defensive. Um, I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts about that?
1: Uh, Well, I don't see how you could be wrong, I suppose, because um, to suppose that um, no one should ever be defensive um, is to suppose that all people in the world at all times (laughs) are being um, honest, good actors. And, Mm. you know, unfortunately, I think we know that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm seeing it as like um, there's there's two paths to defensiveness, I suppose, where there's two scenarios that you're seeing right one um because part of being defensive is that you're perceiving that you're under attack mm-hmm. right and so it's either the case that you were under attack um in which case um you need be defensive uh unless you're under attack because you were mm-hmm. the wrong one in which case it's probably time to own it right mm-hmm. um so you're perceiving that now you so you're either correct about that or you're not and if you're not mm-hmm. and you get defensive, there's a good chance that you're being the arsehole, um, <laughs> right? Um, so I suppose the the big question, because it's not a simple um, problem to define. It's like mm-hmm. we're talking about right and wrong and, you know, yeah. <laughs> I've been wrong. That's, that's really open to uh, interpretation, like what your values are. And like it gets mm-hmm. horribly complicated immediately. Um, but we somehow are able to it when we've been wronged or not, mm-hmm. um, and we somehow also manage to regularly disagree about this, um, <laughs> right? So there's so it's either that you're being defensive because it's there's a function to that, and you should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the thought there that comes up is like um, the art of defense, martial arts. We call that an <laughs> art, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's actually in that light, it seems to be a, a, a kind of a, a fine thing that I'm glad exists. Um, and mm-hmm. we portray that as noble even. Um, and on the other hand, it's like you say, there's almost like, well, what's the victim mentality thing? I'm always being mm. wronged. You're always wronging me. Who says that? Probably the most aggressive person that you've met, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah.
0: No, I I love that. I it's It's such an interesting topic because it is so vast. Um, And I like what you said about a lot of times the people that are the most offensive are people who feel like they've been victimized and that they are a victim of their life or their culture or their situation. Um, And I think that's really important to highlight because if you're walking around angry all the time, I think you need to – take a take a look at yourself and really take a look at how does your anger express yourself like how how do you express that anger that's welling up within you because there are really healthy ways to express it and then sometimes if you don't express it in a healthy way you can be then perpetuating the same kinds of feelings and um, negativity that brought you down, you can, Mm. unbeknownst to you, be spreading that out in the world. And by defending yourself, you're kind of fighting other people. Um, Yes. Like, I... I, So something I'd like to get into more is maybe specify, like, zeroing in a bit more on what the average everyday like uh, defensiveness looks like for people. So like, especially right now, COVID times, we're all just inside our houses and we have the, we have like people that are, they're living with us or we're talking to on a regular basis. And there's going to be tension within any relationship, whether that's a platonic relationship or a romantic relationship Um, and how do you, how do you handle defensiveness and anger and conflict? Cause I, I find that like something that's been super helpful for me in, uh, just in my relationships with people is trying my hardest to be someone who is slow to defending or slow to like, I'm slow to defending myself, but like, I, I mean specifically like attacking people back. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and trying to calm myself to explain things thoroughly, even if I'm really hurt. Mm. Um, so like I was talking about with my friend, like I, I kind of failed in that situation because I got really emotional and let those cloud my brain, and then I said whatever I said, and it's, it's something that I'm not proud of that reaction, because looking back, even if I was right in that scenario, which obvi- I wasn't, <laughs> but even if I was the person who was right in that situation, like me getting really emotional, really angry, to someone who who genuinely loves and cares about me. This is not a stranger. This is not mm. me being abused. This is this is my friend. Me getting really angry and emotional and expressing that cuts a conversation. Like it, it just kills it where it stands because you can't think straight and you you can't express properly what's going on. And by taking time to step away from it, like you're able to get a lot more clear vision of what's been said and what's really happening between people.
1: Well, you're describing this situation with your friend and you're using the the term friend, right? And um, I was coming back to where we started at the top of this Mm -hmm. conversation with these layers of... Um, I don't know. I always want to find like a different word, but like I'm going to use the layers of intimacy.
0: Um, oh, sorry. Can I interrupt? Do you mind if I interrupt? Do you really this? Yeah, I have, I have an, a, a, I cannot n- remember whose idea this mm. is. It's some psychologist world, but there's like this idea of circles of intimacy where mm. like, um, it's like these circles that go outwards and get, mm. um, and obviously your whole circle of intimacy gets bigger, but at the center is the people who are the closest to you that know every single thing about you, you can be completely open with. The next circle is like people who you can tell most things to, except for a couple mm-hmm. things. And then it gets wider and wider and wider until it gets like to strangers and where you don't tell them anything, like much about your life, but little details. And so it's, I feel like, Figuring out where people sit within that circle is really important. Um, but anyways, continue. You were talking no, about... No, that,
1: that's, mm-hmm. You're exactly right. Uh, it's um, that's it's a perennial problem is it? And, <laughs> and a good one to, to recognize. Um, I couldn't help but wonder where podcast listeners sit within <laughs> these concentric circles. And um, apparently they're right in the very center. <laughs> well, welcome.
0: <laughs> welcome to all of...
1: This right, right. Um, but okay, no, that is it. That's useful. That's exactly the map that I was kind of. I don't know who it is. I'm not going to have like a a new and original and good thought. Like, obviously, it's a thought, and so someone else would have thought it before, right? Um, but it's uh, it's good to lay out here because that's exactly the vision that I'm thinking of, right? And and um, this uh, this model uh, describes how we regard um a interaction or a disagreement and how we'll behave within it, right? Because I'm actually seeing um, things like levels of trust and how we'll Mm -hmm. behave,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: Because even when you've got a friend that you think, you know, has wronged you and then you you were wrong in the situation, it turns out, and that you wronged them. And I'm Mm -hmm. still seeing it within this model of a good deal of trust, Mm. okay? Because I don't imagine you having the same... Anecdote about a complete stranger that you mm. met in a dark alley, <laughs> like, <laughs> it just doesn't map on the same way um and mm-hmm. I think that there's something that we're doing when we navigate our friendships um with these l- levels of intimacy and proximity of of care, where it's mm-hmm. like we're playing with our boundaries and we're negotiating them all the time, and we're mm-hmm. being offended and we're being o- offensive and defensive, and we're constantly involved and sometimes it feels really bad and we feel like i got that completely wrong
0: but Mm -hmm. it's
1: still in the context of you didn't say my my ex-friend yeah friends anymore Mm -hmm. right so i I know i'm being elaborate here on saying it but that's and i i noticed this with my kids Mm -hmm. because when they're upset that man they'll be upset with their parents in a way that they won't be with strangers (laughs) on the street because they trust us you know, so they can mm-hmm. have the worst, the biggest, the most, uh, you know, bombastic tantrums because they know they can trust that they'll yeah. be fine. They're in an environment they can trust, and I think that that's something I was picking up that there's something like that with you and your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine I don't know if it's water under the bridge now, or if it's bothering you still. Uh, what, at what point of the story are you? Is this still your friend?
0: Yes, this is still my friend. That's yeah, good. it's water on the bridge now.
1: That's good. It bothers you, eh?
0: It bothers me because I, I am, I hate, I hate hurting people. Like, I mean, I know that most people do, but like, man, I am. I beat myself up whenever uh, I, I do hurt someone because it, it just it tears me up inside, (laughs) like. To, to a level which is really unhealthy, especially for, like, like I care if I hurt someone that doesn't care at all about me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I, I think of times where maybe a stranger has misunderstood a comment or something like that, and I think about it constantly, like, it's that level of, like, it, it still bothers me because, you know, I'm ashamed of it i don't want to hurt anyone i don't want to offend anyone um mm-hmm. so yeah
1: look i couldn't help but notice the th- the thing that i imagine like oh god i can't be there's something pompous in this but i'll say it anyway because it, it, i think it's in an interesting place mm-hmm. but it's like i'm putting myself in some kind of higher position here or something that i would like i like i could pass judgment on it right which is wrong but um <laughs> I'm looking at it like there's also when you hurt someone else, when you perceive that you have been someone that hurt someone else, you hurt yourself because mm-hmm. you have a self-image of Kehei being someone that doesn't hurt other people.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's
1: my experience of you. Um, uh, earlier on, you are saying, well, Peter can say, you know, when I'm scorned, I don't think I recall a time where I thought, whoa, you know, make sure there's no sharp objects around Kay's <laughs> <Kehei's> mad, um, <laughs> Right. But so you have a self image that that, that gets damaged when you when you perceive you, you've said quite candidly, I was wrong in this situation. Yeah. And then you have to deal. That's part of regret is like, man, am I that person? And, you know,
0: that's so funny, because I know there has been a time where you have said, man, I did not expect that much anger to come out of you. And All
1: that time
0: I know. But even even though like. In, well, we're not going to go into that situation on the podcast, but even though then, like, every point that I was making was correct and, like, was – I still f- stand behind, I hate how, like, angry I got. And even though it was stuff I said in confidence to a friend, um, mm. it was about professional things – I did not, I was not being professional in that instance, because obviously I was ranting to my friend about how angry I was about things. But even just that level of anger, don't like it. Don't just feel bad for even having it, you know? Um, It was funny because, oh my gosh, uh, a couple days ago,
1: by the way, oh. no one's seen that person you were angry with for several months. There is, uh, there's lots of people who are quite worried about it. No, I'm sorry. That was just, no. <laughs> I was just trying to oh worry the listeners gosh. there. What? <laughs> oh my! Don't cross Kahai. <laughs> no.
0: Oh, you real like, I know that you're wrong, and you still got me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe so. Um, I'm sorry. Um, you chop that out if you want eh? Um, So, go on. I'm listening.
0: Oh, it was just funny because I had um, a very, very aggravating experience with, like, you know, like, a, a receptionist on the phone the other day and mm-hmm. just was being so rude. And um, I remember coming downstairs after and just being like, I'm so angry and I need to do something. And so I, like... <laughs> my housemate was just like here trash can like punch the trash can and oh I, don't
1: no don't punch the trash can that is that's a recipe for a hurt um the bone yeah, that will hurt you I, you could go on go on this well, way, but i can see that where that's going
0: i no no i didn't hurt myself uh i i used to hate karate when i was a little kid so i busted out <laughs> my karate moves but it was like so nice to just like get it out of of my system and just like punch something and just express my anger in a way that wasn't directed at another human being and then how it was mm-hmm. so nice to have that moment of like because obviously i don't yell at receptionists on the phone i don't think that's very nice even if they're being really rude i'm not gonna all I we'll try very hard not to do it so it was nice to just get that anger out and then just leave it there you know
1: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean i find that kind of trustworthy i don't i mean uh Um, Where is it? It's like, this is a a story. It's like one story of one time. I guess if you said, I had to punch the trash can again yesterday and and then (laughs) the next time you saw it and it's like that trash can, we have to find another trash can to put it in. Like I would start to worry, but seeing as though it's not an everyday occurrence, probably fine. Um, So, um, uh, and I think there's probably something um, more trustworthy about someone who um, can own their anger. Mm. And maybe, um, you know, I could say something like I needed to express it the other day and no one got hurt. Some inanimate objects. Hopefully we don't live in a universe where everything has sentient consciousness. Otherwise, poor old trash can. Um, oh but on the whole, it's all well and good. Whereas um, what we we're talking about earlier, um, I know that I've, I've got some friendships um, with people that I love who frankly are. Um, and I think I was raised in this ideology myself, uh, much as mm-hmm. I love of my family. Sorry, I know this is like out to the world, but yeah, um, this like ideology of the per- 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 uh, perpetual victim. Like I'm not even talking. I know this mm-hmm. is politicized nowadays, but just this idea that I'm constantly being wronged and that you mm-hmm. have to mediate all of your relationships between who's wronged me. I mean, there mm-hmm. seems to be people who live their entire life like that.
0: And mm-hmm. all I think
1: when I interact with someone like that is I can't trust you. Yeah. Because you're looking for who's wronged you every, every turn.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, um,
0: there's a big difference from being hurt by someone and, you know, being like, right. That they hurt you and and that being valid. Um, but that person who hurt you feeling remorse or wanting to have a relationship further and you not accepting that. Um, there's a big difference between like having that grace for people because people are going to screw up. Mm -hmm. Um, having grace for the people that take ownership of and responsibility for the actions and just discounting people just because they did one thing or did a couple things. And, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: they feel remorse and want to make things better. Obviously like, you get to choose who is in your life. So if someone does break your trust in a massive way, like I understand that obviously, and there's a big difference between abuse mm. and someone hurting you in it, that does not that phrase didn't really come out as I was hoping to say, but like oh well yeah
1: no wait did that last bit wait, say again did that bit because I I have I have a tendency to nod and agree. <laughs> a,
0: um, well, there's but just you're right, there's it just wasn't very profound. It just there's a difference <laughs> between be. like an abuser abusing someone mm-hmm. and someone saying something hurtful to someone, and like recognizing that difference and recognizing the people that feel Mm. remorse for their actions is really important. And yeah.
1: Well, no, no, sorry. I can't apologize every time I buy in. I mean, I buy in, it's what I do. This is, otherwise it's going to be 50% of the things I say is sorry for buying in. Um, uh, The, um, the thing that you're looking at there is kind of a pattern of, um someone's will right Mm -hmm. like um so someone that is abusive is looking to do harm on a a, at at the opportunity Mm -hmm. as opposed to the isolated um miscalculation and misjudgment and i think actually Mm -hmm. what this all leads back to because you can't work this stuff out in your head is uh i think what we might be pointing towards here is a case for um gossip Right. Like gossip's meant to be this like really bad thing. And I suppose it probably is. But there is something to be said for normalizing yourself and figuring out if you've been deeply wronged by someone who's constantly abusing you. Or if this was just a one off thing where they said something they went too far on that one occasion and said something they didn't mean. And, mm-hmm. you know, like your scenario, you're a good person, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so there's a case to be made for that's when you need to go off to your other friends and normalize and find mm-hmm. out you know, what about this situation? Is -hmm. this person being a complete a-hole? Are they just a little bit wrong, should I forgive? You need to be able to gossip in order to work out where Mm -hmm. you stand with other people, I guess.
0: I would argue that it's not gossiping. Mm -hmm. I would argue that like, for me, my inner circle people, the people who know everything about me, the people that I turn to when I need advice or just need to rant and vent to people, those people know everything. And, like, I think there's a big difference between telling that very few people that I can trust really closely and telling everyone someone else's business. Because a lot of times as well, it's, like, I, I don't tell them shit that, like, my friends are going through. Like, that, I don't tell them the stuff that's not affecting me. I tell mm. them the stuff that's, like, this is... A problem i'm having i want to talk to you about it versus like oh did you hear that Mm. so-and-so is doing this and like it's very yeah yeah.
1: when that happens though and like (laughs) that's delicious when that happens when a friend comes to you and does that that's like a special moment in life
0: yeah but again there is a big difference from doing it to your very close people who will not Mm. continue that and doing right. it to like everyone you know that doesn't need to know something—that's
1: true. It's not good, really. Ultimately, um, right? But there yeah. is something when that comes off. It's like, ooh, yeah, tell me. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll be—I'll be a better person after this. I'll—I'll so re- I'll do a reset. Right? <laughs> Go ahead. Five minute window. <laughs> like. I, I think
0: that's was um, so funny, especially because last week before we started recording, I was like, "What's the tea Peter?" Like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But I Gosh. think it's very really natural, and, and maybe we rely on our friends to rein us in when you know mm. when you think, "Oh, you're, you're being a bit too gossipy there," or you know. Uh, a raised yeah. eyebrow of disapproval from because that person that, oh, you don't want to play along I want to dish the dart on someone else and you get the judgment or look maybe that mm-hmm. person you know you can turn to you know that, that yeah. they've displayed integrity and because that's yeah. what I notice when I see someone coming to me with gossip is I want to know your gossip I also am going to put in my notepad and put in my back pocket that you do not have the integrity for my um you yes know, confidence hmm
0: very so, much so.
1: Um, look, we, well, the thing about these chats is that they are they could they could go forever, obviously. Yeah, right. They um, really could. I, we might be near time. here. I'm just gonna um, just a moment. My laptop was about to run out of juice. Um, okay. Um, so, um, but I, I, I have brought a. Uh, text um to to share which i think uh it it doesn't directly relate to defensiveness um mm-hmm. and actually this is, this relates to what we we're talking about earlier of like knowing where i stand and all of that is um mm-hmm. like man i don't know poetry religious religious texts <laughs> um psychology i don't know like i might ask for my elbow right um uh but i thought that this would be an interesting text to turn to um, because it's, it's a from a holy book, the Bhagavad mm-hmm. Gita, um, which I think is a Hindu text, um, which um, I understand has themes of kind of conflict and war. Mm. Okay, so it's not directly about defensiveness, but I think it um, it's it's a very deep text. Like any time I have you know read from it or heard quotes from it, I've been struck. So I thought, well, let's have a look at that, and mm-hmm. um, it did give me a sense of at least the kind of the depth and richness of the topic. So I think I'll do a brief reading um if i may please do okay so every being loves their own self more than anything else for this is only natural we love our children and our wealth only because we think of them as part of ourselves as belonging to us thus men never love their children their homes or their gold as much as they do their own bodies their selves now, I, um, I don't know if I can uh, agree with that, um, but it's also really hard to deny when you think about physical harm to yourself as well. Mm. I, I don't know. There's something provocative. It's a provocative thing mm-hmm. to say, at least. And, well, what's your initial reaction to that?
0: Oh, it makes me defensive, so this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> because no one wants to consider themselves to be selfish, you know. No one wants to think that about themselves. Um and I guess on like a, a base level, yeah, we we do look after our own interests and it is a that is a very, very human thing to do. But I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things that I, I love more than myself. Maybe Mm. I don't show it properly, but, um, I don't know. Like, I I think it completely denies the, the people who would sacrifice their lives for their loved ones. Like you think of how many parents would sacrifice their lives for their children Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's just hard to, it's really hard for me to agree with that.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, um for me it kind of it tugs on these two things which is the deep relationship to the body and i need mm-hmm. to protect it i mean you think about um the fact that oh it's it's a dark thing uh mm-hmm. but it's something we're seeing with like um domestic p- abuse being on the rise and yeah the fact that most homicides happen um in t- intra in the family yeah right? yeah uh, and so there and it's like what are people doing in those situations they they're feeling attacked, they're defending themselves, they're Mm -hmm. right. Uh, And I think there's this thing of like, I like that you're bringing up up the fact that people sacrifice themselves for greater goods and for Mm. needy people because it makes the the claim falsifiable. But this um, intrinsic link that we have to our own body and our own need for, like that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Mm -hmm. like um, I need to be okay for everyone else to be okay in all of this, you know, and nobody wants pain um it speaks to that as well but it doesn't paint people in the best light at all i I, what i find it to be is like um this is true for some people some of the time Mm, mm -hmm. and it's not true for other people at other times right Mm -hmm. it's something to do with like oh are you following your better angels or your better demons um Mm. but i think that's why it's such a kind of deep and disturbing text you know yeah
0: um
1: but I, I like the fact that you can disagree with it because I think you can obviously you can just uh, justifiably disagree with it.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it it's something that we it's a it's a good warning to people because at the end of the day, like most people are going to look after themselves and are going to put themselves mm-hmm. first. And again, that's not necessarily a terrible thing because the reality is is that we all have this innate need to survive um and look after our interests and it takes more effort to Mm. focus on other people than it does to focus on yourself
1: that's true and Um, it's an investment
0: right and so uh, so i understand like on a on a base almost animalistic level and i i, I like that it uh, if it corrects me but it says all beings right
1: oh well I, it's not um memorized Just, uh i i've got the other text which i want to read to every being yeah every exactly being, yeah. It's, it's i mean it's making it's making a, a claim mm-hmm. about you uh and and i get uh, anybody who disagrees is mm-hmm. it's um it's almost saying you don't know your, and I I'm not making this claim, but it's like, well, you don't know yourself mm, that mm-hmm. well then. Like, um, maybe maybe we all are darker than we realise. Like, you <laughs> know, <laughs> we're all so wonderful we can disagree with it. Yeah. Um, but I think you've made a logical argument as to why that isn't um, always true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, f- I find it deeply disturbing because I think it is true more than we'd care to mm-hmm. to to know. Um, so um, I, I've got one more text which okay. I want to throw at you because, again, I think it's um, it speaks to defensiveness. It speaks yeah. to this thing of I have this being, this vessel that I need to defend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's go move to our final thoughts. I guess we can call this section something like final <laughs> thoughts. Um, so, again, this is uh, from the same um, holy book, uh, the Bhagavad Gita. So to whom does the body belong? To the one that feeds it, the mother and father who bring it into being? To the master that buys its services, to the fire that consumes it finally, or to the dogs that gnaw its bones after the fire has done its work. (laughs) Right? They don't even suggest that your being is your own once.
0: Oh my gosh. I need to sit with that. um yeah wow
1: your poem last week was nicer (laughs) by a mile (laughs) i'm not like reading slayer lyrics next week or anything don't worry
0: (laughs) (laughs) mine was definitely like i am supported you know there's more to my life yeah definitely um you picked some more challenging texts for sure
1: so quite a note um, to end on as well. Hey, you're going to have to lift our spirits here, Kay. <laughs> whip up some sunshine for us.
0: <laughs> well, I... What ha- well, here's first, because you've read this before and you kind of know a bit more about it, but what is your take on it? Well,
1: again, I, I read it as a provocation um, mm. rather than a statement of absolute truth. Mm. Um, but I think... Um, I mean, it portrays the self as something that's at the mercy of other um, forces, Mm. beings in in the universe, and that you know your yourself ultimately, you know, coming apart is inevitable.
0: Mm. You know, Mm it's part of this
1: cycle. And so it's like, as we move through this space and find ourselves being defensive, it's because the ride isn't forever you know and mm-hmm. I mean even I- if you take those um those, those characters and beings in the text as being kind of um you know r- aspects of the universe rather than actual dogs and actual masters and mm. like you know it's like aspects of the universe it's like you're gonna you're mm. not gonna be here forever and y- you're finite and you're mm. vulnerable we all are um and it, it reminds us of that and
0: mm. yeah
1: i think there's something deeply humbling about it Mm. um uh, yeah i get that and i also get a sense of um this journey because it doesn't paint a picture of ultimate autonomy for the person Mm. um and so i take it as a provocation and a really useful one to hear Mm -hmm. but i don't take it as an ultimate truth and i don't know that something like that is ever written to be an ultimate truth um uh it makes me feel deeply both of them do they make me feel mm. deeply uneasy but i also feel this like um amazing gratitude for having s- such rich um ideas to contemplate
0: mm. yeah something when you're talking that i kept thinking of like was just the the gift that humility is cuz there's something There's something, right, that's very scary and also very beautiful about being a very humble, small part of the universe. Mm. And it's that not the world isn't on our shoulders. The responsibility of everything is not down to us on one small individual level, but also we're a part of something so much bigger and we, we do have this natural belonging and yeah, there, there's something that's just really peaceful about if I fuck up, mm. things will be okay. <laughs> like Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I was, was for like these particular excerpts that we just read are like there's something, um, about it that's not like particularly moral, it's not moral, it's not mm-hmm. immoral, it's like amoral, it's a description of patterns of being.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and, but what's helpful that I think you're pointing to is it almost gives you a way out of that need for exaltation.
0: It's mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm.
1: to who does the body belong? Like you're not um, going to come out of this whole thing completely unscathed. And maybe mm-hmm. if you step away from that need to see that, then yeah. you can approach these things in a different manner. Well, you he, transcend.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause you think about how, I mean, our, our culture is very individualistic and, um, I guess I should say our cultures cause, um, me being from the States, there's obviously differences, but, um, mm. Some. they're both very incredibly individualistic and do prize especially american culture prizes your career achievements and even if you're someone who doesn't go a traditional career route like if you're an artist as we both are um what what giant leaps have you made have you become a successful famous person or have you mm-hmm. uh, like have you made something of yourself and mm there's this pressure constantly to be the shining star in the world and the idea that like no I'm just a person and I'm gonna live my humble beautiful life because I'm a humble beautiful part of this universe is so freeing because it, it puts it 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 puts so much value into being small. And I think that when you have that grounding and that foundation of, if all I have in my life are beautiful relationships and a a beautiful spirit that I'm proud of, anything that comes after that is just, it, it is just the icing on the cake, Right is like I can make something of myself but at the end of the day I'll always have my foundation of this humble small beauty
1: so this is interesting because and I, I think they we've arrived at this moment um and and we I think we arrived at this moment previously in like two different paths led to this moment in this podcast and the last um mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're arriving at a, um, a topic t- for discussion, right? Because, mm. um, because I think it's something that you're looking to work through and I, I'm not mm. the person to work <laughs> through anything with and uh, not going to be the more, most helpful part, but it's, uh, you know, uh, which is like the, um, the pressure on the individual, uh, you, you know, mm. and, um, I mean, it, it's like you're, you're, something's hitting you there when we're looking at this, um, text and, um what does it mean to be an individual and like how much consequence does your mark have and how important is it and to whom and all of this i -hmm. think we want to look at the um the function of individual individuality our individuality and the function of collectivism which i believe we are in flux between right now Mm -hmm. you know we, we our culture seems to be moving to some form of collective um moralizing and behavior and organizing and all of this but we have um uh, (laughs) a lot of um legacy of individual and i don't think that's going away i think Mm. we're trying your you seem to be working through this on a personal level Mm. and i believe that our culture is massively Mm -hmm. uh, beginning to feel this trauma between um the individual and the collective. Let's let's explore that on our next episode. Yeah. yeah right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, let's give it a snappy sentence. individuation and collectivism, something like that. Let's let's look, open that up.
0: Let's do that. You heard it here first. <laughs> cool. Next episode focusing on individualism within society.
1: Let's. Okay. Cool. Um,
0: I think that's a there, good note to end on. Yeah. Or unless I you have any is. closing thoughts.
1: I think we've we've covered the gambit. And I, I think, again, <laughs> it's a, a conversation like this could go on uh, for however many hours uh, someone cared to throw it at. So we'll call it a day probably there. Um, but this has been... Um, this has been... Uh, uh, it's not been... Uh, really 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 comfortable at every moment like i say (laughs) i mean for instance i I picked a text there which is like but Mm -hmm. um, i think there's been something cool about this chat so thank you
0: Mm, i agree thank you peter all right thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next week
1: yeah take care everyone